the three phases of fasting and how to get kicked out of each one. This is a clip from a live Q&A session open to CMJ Masterpass members. In addition to this episode, you can access lots of other free samples from these sessions at the first link in the description. RJ Douglas says, Chris, thank you for doing these AMAs. You're welcome, RJ. My pleasure. They're awesome and very educational. My question is, I hear a lot about fed and fasted states, but I am unsure of how long it takes the body to go from a fasted state to a fed state. For example, are you automatically knocked out of a fasted state as soon as you have a morsel of food, or does it take time for your body to absorb it? If you have a bite of an apple and then immediately go outside for a run, is your body in a fed or fasted state when you run, or is it somewhere in between? So first of all, there's basically three stages of the fasting uh, uh, three stages of fasting, if you will. So stage one is that the insulin to glucagon ratio has, well, it's among the things that happen in phase in phase one of fasting is your small intestine has basically been cleaned out. The food has moved to your colon and you no longer have incoming nutrients. And your insulin to glucagon ratio has been begun declining towards what we kind of arbitrarily classify as a fasting state. You got to keep in mind these are analytical constructs. These things are dynamically moving from second to second or even fractions of a second sometimes. And so we're just looking, you know, humans are coming and looking at these physiological pro- pro- processes and hoarding them into categories that are nice and neat for us to think about, okay? So phase one of fasting is it kicks in four to six hours after a meal, and it means the food's gone from your small intestine, nutrients are not incoming, insulin to glucagon ratio has declined, meaning insulin has gone down, glucagon is going up. Phase two of fasting happens after about 24 hours of fasting. And at that point, you've run out of liver glycogen. You may or may not have run out of glycogen in your muscles because your muscle glycogen usage is almost exclusively dependent on your exercise and really has nothing to do with your fasting. Except that when you're fasting, exercise will deplete your muscle glycogen faster because you don't have any incoming glucose. Um, or you have less incoming glucose. I mean, your liver is releasing stored glucose, stored glycogen as glucose that will feed your muscles during exercise if you've eaten the last 24 hours. And even after that, it's engaging in gluconeogenesis that will feed your muscles glucose. But, you know, your blood glucose levels are going to be higher if you're in the fed state. And so you're going to be less drain in your muscular glycogen if you're exercising the fed state. Um, so di- discounting mus- muscular glycogen use because that's exercise dependent, we can say that your liver is running out of glycogen in about 24 hours. That's an average. But generally speaking, 24 hours after a fast, phase two kicks in. That's when you've run out of liver glycogen. You now have to kick in other things that will replace liver glycogen as a means of keeping your blood fuel level where it needs to be to nourish the tissues that need energy. 
And primarily that's getting replaced by gluconeogenesis. Now you do have ketogenesis increasing at this point, but you've had ketogenesis coming up even at the point of an overnight fast. So in a typical overnight fast, even if you eat breakfast in the morning, you're on average making 140 calories worth of ketones. You know, so 140 calories is fairly significant. You know, 100 calories is 5% of a 2000 calorie diet. So 140 calories is, you know, it's a, it's a few percent of your energy requirement, generally speaking. And then that is increasing the background, but it's the ketones are not a major fuel source in the first 24 hours of fast. After the glycogen runs out, you are going, you know, you've been increasing your ketones. Um, and now you're increasing gluconeogenesis to a greater extent than you had before. And so to some extent, you are now transitioning to the muscles using ketones instead of glucose because glucose is less abundant. But they're not fully using ketones by any stretch of the imagination because you're engaging in gluconeogenesis and glucose is getting there. So it's over the course of day two to day five of fasting where you kick into phase three, which is keto adaptation. And... By day five, you've basically gotten to the point where the muscles and, to a lesser degree, adipose tissue and other t- and also other tissues, they are less uh, less using ketones. They become relatively ketone resistant, and they start to use free fatty acids in place of ketones, which were originally coming in place of glucose from liver glycogen. And that's reserving ketones for the brain. And it's making ketone levels in the blood reach their maximal point, which is what drives them into brain tissue. And as the ketones drive into brain tissue, the brain switches its metabolism. 75% of its metabolism gets switched from glucose to ketones. And the lower utilization of glucose then feeds back on not just the lower utilization of glucose, but even the ketones themselves are suppressing hepatic release of glucose. So blood glucose is declining in response to ketones going up, and that's making gluconeogenesis going down to its minimal point, right? So to reiterate, in summary, phase one of fasting is four to six hours after a meal. Your small intestine's empty. Your insulin to glucagon ratio goes down. Phase two of fasting is your hepatic glycogen runs out. You are switching to gluconeogenesis to replace the hepatic glycogen. Phase three of fasting, and over the course of phase one, phase two, up to, the, up to phase three, in the background, ketones are going up. They start first to get used by muscle and to a lesser extent by other tissues using energy, even adipose tissue. Um, that's kind of operating the background. And the ketones eventually, at the point of phase three, reach their maximal point. Muscles and other lean and other lean uh, adipose tissue and other lean mass tissues are switching over to fatty acids. Brain is switching to ketones. Brain glucose utilization goes down. That and the ketones themselves are suppressing hepatic output of glucose. So you're switching from gluconeogenesis to ketones. Those are the three phases of fasting. 
Now, you say, do you get kicked out from one to the other? You never get kicked out from one to the other because they're not really binary state changes as much as they are spectrums that we are imposing analytical constructs on. Um, but that said, there is there is sort of a, a, a momentum or inertia that does kind of make them state changes. But what that means when you change states is that the preponderance of the signaling has pushed you to the new state and it's harder to change states than to, than to than to operate linear within a state. What that means is that a little signal will never kick you into another state. And that once you're in that other state, a little signaling will never kick you out of it. So if you are fasting and you're running and you take a tiny bite of an apple, are you kicked into the fed state? Absolutely not. Because the overwhelming preponderance of your signaling is is fasting state signaling, and if you do, introduces one drop of fed state signaling, and what that means is that you can't get kicked into the to the fed state because it takes the preponderance of signaling to foist you into a state change. And once you're in the state change, it's hard to get out of there. So as an example, if the preponderance of the signaling is all fed state signaling because you've eaten a meal, you that's why you can't stop eating for five minutes and go back into the fasting state, right? A bite of an apple is not going to kick you into the fed state and eating and not eating a bite of food when you've otherwise eaten a meal is not going to kick you back into the fasting state, right? So going from, from phase one fasting state to fed state or to any fasting state to fed state or going from phase one fasting to phase two fasting or to phase three fasting, none of those things will ever happen because you got a drop of signaling from a bite of an apple or from not having a bite of an apple or because you took rapamycin or metformin or whatever, you're going to be in the state that the preponderance of the signaling drives you towards. Um, now, that said, you know, you take a bite of an apple, what's going to happen? Well, as soon as you bite it, you're going to have some signaling on the brain that says food is incoming. You're going to have some preparatory insulin re release. Some glucose is going to get into your blood. Some extra molecule of insulin or whatever it is is going to take care of it. But the thing is, your body is taking these preparatory signals so that it can prepare for the oncoming fed state, not so that it can conclude that the fed state is here, right? And so it, it'll make that preparation, but then it will revise course. It's sort of like it's sort of like if you decide that you're gonna buy a house next year and you start allotting money towards your savings account for your house down payment you don't suddenly have a down payment for the house right it's it's very much like that and if and I, of course i'm lengthening this on a time scale so it seems a little bit more intuitive to us but you could like you could we could just say you know humans operate on a second to second basis and buy make decisions to buy a house within a day like the fasting feeding state happens all i'm doing is taking feeding state 
fasting feeding state time scales and I'm stretching them out to make them more intuitive to us. If you start allotting money to a savings account because you're going to buy a house next year and then you lose your job or the housing market changes fundamentally in a, in a way that you don't want to buy a house or you decide to move somewhere else, you have, you're not committed to pouring that money into the savings account no matter what. You're going you're gonna to make the decision and say, hey, things changed. I'm not going to buy the house next year. I'm not going to put the money in that savings account. I'm going to put it somewhere else. Um, right? So it's the same thing with that bite of apple. That's the first piece of information. You start making decision with it in preparation for something else. You don't follow through if you don't get a meal, right? So, um, okay. Reiterating uh, once again in summary, three phases of fasting, four to six hours, small intestine empty, insulin to glucagon ratio down. Phase two of fasting, hepatic glycogen is empty. You're replacing it with gluconeogenesis. Phase three of fasting, ketones are dominant. Um, they suppress gluconeogenesis. Gluconeogenesis reaches a minimum because now you're subsisting on ketones. That is uh, day five of fasting, right? So the three phases are four to six hours after a meal, 24 hours after uh, after your last meal, and five days after your last meal. Those are state changes. To the degree their state changes, they take the preponderance of signaling, not a piece of signaling. A piece of signaling will move you in a certain direction within a state, such as the fed state or the fasting state, phase one, phase two, phase three. But that little piece of signaling is never going to be the one thing that moves you in from one state to another. You need the preponderance of the signaling to move from one state to another. This is a clip from a live Q&A session open to CMJ Masterpass members. In addition to this episode, you can access lots of other free samples from these sessions at the first link in the description. If you want to become a MasterPass member so that you can participate in the next live Q&A, or so that you can have access to the complete recording and transcript of each Q&A session, you can join at chrismasterjohnphd.com masterpass. You can save 10% off the subscription price for as long as you remain a member by signing up at chrismasterjohnphd.substack.com slash Q&A. That's Q&A spelled out as Q-A-N-D-A. These links are in the description.